You're listening to the Whenever It Kicks podcast with me, Jessica. On today's episode, episode 11, I have my first guest, and that is the one and only BBK, my baby sister. I wanted to talk to her about motherhood, her feelings about motherhood, whether I put her off motherhood. Um, and she's basically my best friend and my muse. She's the person I usually do my podcast with on our podcast. We can't talk about that right now. I adore her. I hope you adore her too. And I hope this chat is fun and enlightening. And it does get quite heavy when you talk about some serious topics. Maybe I should issue some trigger warnings. I will write them down in the, uh, the, the, the caption. And I hope you enjoy it. Thank you for listening has um arrived and i'm trying it out today and it's called frownies what <laughs> okay it's this tape that you put on your forehead overnight and apparently um it hardens overnight and it stops it, it trains your muscles to stop wrinkling your forehead that's a really good idea it's like that it. um that gel that you got once from that face gym place mm-hmm. for when you go on the treadmill yeah yeah that was fucked. That was so weird. I just realised this video is mainly eyes. Obviously. <gasps> so maybe if I put it here. No, um, it's fine. Okay. It's fine. Oh, yeah. I'm recording. If if you're listening to this, I'm recording a video of me and BB at the same time because she's my special guest, my only guest. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, Donnie and Margot have done little bits, but mm-hmm. um. So I am now sitting next to my sister BB who I mentioned probably about five times a podcast. Little does she know because she probably hasn't listened to a pregnancy podcast. <laughs> um, but I wanted to What do you say? To, what do I say about you? Yeah. Well, you just come up, you know, like BB does this or... BB's an annoying BB's bitch. BB's a fucking bitch. <laughs> <laughs> no, you really, I don't. I'm much nicer about you probably than you are about me. Um, so the reason I wanted you to, ha- to speak here today is I wanted to have your opinion about being a 24-year-old girl, woman. Not a girl, not yet a woman. Mm -hmm. That's what you are, aren't you? Definitely. And I mentioned in the last podcast that I read this book called Night Bitch by Rachel Yoda, and I worried that I was too harsh about it, and I suddenly felt quite scared. But then I realized, no, I wasn't harsh about it. I was just giving my opinion. And I said that I wouldn't let you read this book because I was worried that it would put you off motherhood. And we have had these chats recently, you know, about that, you know, I'm you're nearish the age that I was when I got pregnant with Donnie and how you feel about um, the idea of motherhood and thinking about, you know, because you were so young when I had Donnie and mm-hmm. all of that stuff. So I was just wondering... I'm going to ask you some questions about motherhood, basically. Are you ready? Oh, oh yeah. Bring okay. it on. Okay. So do you feel like you are thinking about motherhood already at this age? And have you been thinking about it ever? Yes, I definitely am thinking about motherhood at this age. Um, and I have been thinking about it for a long time. But weirdly, in the last couple of years, um, my attitudes uh, towards it have changed. So I think... Um, you getting pregnant um, and having a baby when I was still in sick form means that like I just I was around babies and motherhood and all of those ideas and concepts much before anybody else my age or at least any of my friends. So I think I've always 
thought about, oh, when would I like to have kids? And oh, this is what I would have to do if I was a mom and change nappies and all that kind of stuff. It's just been an awareness that I've had for a long time. And I think I always thought I would like to have a baby at a similar time to you because it seemed so great. Now I'm so close to that time. And I literally can't believe that you did that. (laughs) I can't believe how young you were. And I just can't believe that you were able to rise to that challenge. And um, I think that now I'm approaching that age and I'm able to see how different we are as people, but also how different life is and what I have right now compared to what you have, um, what you had at that point in terms of like your skills and um, what you wanted. It's really refreshing to actually realize I'm going to do it in a different way and I'm not ready. I'm not going to be ready when I'm 26. I was looking after the baby the other day. We were going for a really nice walk and we had a great time. But as I looked at him and I was feeling really bad about something or other, and um, a little voice in my head was like, well, you know, maybe, you know, maybe getting pregnant and having a baby, maybe that would be a great thing. And suddenly it was like this rational voice that just said, no, (laughs) no way. And it's true. I just don't, I don't want to at all right now. Yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah. I think though we have to remember that the way I got pregnant was so accidental. Mm -hmm. It was me having to react to a situation. All of us, me telling you and, and, you know, everything. It was just, it was a, it was an, it was an, it was a completely unexpected event. Sure. And I guess you weren't in a long-term relationship. I'd never had a relationship. (laughs) Whereas because I am, I know who I would be having a baby with and therefore it's, it would be much more planned out and therefore it feels weird. And I mean, I know for a fact that he's, he's not (laughs) ready. So, um, it's, it's not something that, um, is appealing to me right now. Do you think that having a baby would derail your career? No, no, I definitely don't think that. I think it would derail my life more than anything. What? In what way? Well, I just feel like I'm only realizing now how much stuff I haven't done, how much stuff I still want to do and learn about. And I'm able to see from you how difficult it is to be able to have the flexibility to go places or to do certain things when you have um, children. And I really want to be in a position where I'm able and strong enough um, and willing to do all of those things. And um, therefore, I want to focus on achieving those things that I've set out for myself before I get to that point, because I want to be as good a mother as you are. And I just know I wouldn't be at this point in my life because I would be like resentful because I'd be like, oh, I didn't get to travel to this place or Yes, yeah, so um, you whatever. definitely have a little bit of a wanderlust, mm-hmm. don't you? Yeah. I just don't. What happened to me to make me that, you know, blinkered about places and things and just have, I just don't desire well, you to You lived in America for a few months. I mean, I went to one place in LA and I stayed in a flat for three months. I was not traveling. <laughs> I don't know. I think that it's just different for every person, isn't it? Um, I, I think that given that I'm the youngest of five and that I've always, you know, been like the baby of the family, there's a certain degree to which maybe I feel like I've been a bit sheltered both by the family, but also by myself. I've, I didn't go to university. I, um, have always been very, very close with you and, uh, and our mom. And, um, I think that in a way, I just feel like I haven't, um, pushed myself in terms of like doing things that are out of my comfort zone that much. Mm -hmm. And before I do something that would be really out of my comfort zone, like having a child, I want to know at least that I've been able to do some other things that scare me first. Just to make me a stronger person, because I'm so weak, Jesse. You're so strong. No, I'm I'm the weakest person ever. I am so fragile, so sensitive. I burst into tears at literally anything. And I think it just made me realize 
I wouldn't want to put that on a child. I want to be able to be a stronger person before I get to that point, you know? I know, but my my point is, it's not like I'm trying to indoctrinate, indoctrinate you now into getting pregnant, but I think that once you do become pregnant, it's like a switch overnight that just everything seems to just, it's urgent that you get your shit together because you have a deadline of when this baby's coming out. So I just remember it so vividly finding out that I was pregnant with Donnie and just overnight having to recalibrate my settings. Um, so you say that you're weak and you cry, but you humans do that anyway. You know, mothers are allowed to be weak and cry and still be good mothers. I think I just would really like it. I think people, I don't know, I think so many people put off having kids because they think they have to get everything in order before. And I don't think that necessarily is a, is, I don't know. I just don't, I don't know if that's actually right. I think that, you, I mean, obviously you couldn't go to Bali tomorrow. Mm -hmm. I can't plan a trip around the world. But I think that you can do more than you think with a kid. And I do think that your brain changes and you're able to do things more. This is a, from a position of being in, a, in the creative industry where, you know, I don't have a day job and I haven't had to have maternity leave and stuff like that. So I know I'm very, it's a bit more flexible for me, us, but um, I don't think you have to worry about being weak and crying and stuff like that. Like you do that anyway. I'm doing that now. Mm -hmm. And I still feel like a bit of a wreck, but it would be really interesting to see what you thought about this book because in this book, she's an artist who basically suddenly finds that she can't create anything because she has a two year old and she's stopped working when the baby was six months because she tried to put the baby into daycare immediately and then hated that dilemma of leaving the baby and breast pumping ridiculously and she just kind of gave up and her husband was earning more so it's just more simple for her to work and I don't know do you think that you have learned do you want a traditional um setup where you would like stop working and be a full-time mom or a traditional setup of you uh, you're married and you have a child that you plan and you have time off for the child and or do you think that you might end up doing it a bit more haphazardly like me and just kind of fumbling along? I think I always thought it would be more traditional and that I wanted to get married and then like have a year and then have a baby or whatever but it's weird because as I've thought about that more recently and I've got older and you know like I, I'm in a relationship where we we talk about the future and, and things like that it weirdly feels less uh, less clear I actually have no idea where I'll be in my life when I have a baby. Mm -hmm. And I think I always thought that it would be quite obvious. And I'm sure maybe, like you said, something will click into place and then I'll know. But I think the closer I get and the older I get, um, it becomes a little bit more hazy. I wouldn't, I used to think, oh, I'll definitely want to be married and stuff before I have a kid. But like now, I I would be completely fine with not being married and having yeah. and having babies or having babies with multiple people if like mm. you know relationships didn't work out which is something that I always you know it, it's, it's so really much more open now it's really refreshing to realize um it doesn't scare me the idea of doing it in an untraditional way the only thing that matters is that I'm ready for it and that I have enough money and that I feel like I've um you know got to a stable enough place where I'll be able to be a good mother and everything yeah. like that I think you will be. You've made it. Um, you've made it seem beautiful and romantic, and I've always loved having the kids around in my life. It's added such an such an important part of my personality. This this um. Wouldn't it this, be funny if they thing. hated you? Because the kids, my kids, 
adore Bibi. It's kind of annoying <laughs> how they talk about Bibi like she's their friend, mm. not like she's their auntie. My buddies. They constantly they, they reveal, they, they, we keep secrets and then they tell you and it's so annoying. Like I, I let Donnie try Fanta recently and we were trying <laughs> to work out which Fanta flavor is his favorite. Um, I predicted it was going to be pineapple, but actually it was fruit twist. And he told me that he wasn't going to tell you. And then he told you anyway, because he's a little goody too. And that you gave him, you you have a stash of Kit Kats at your flat for I, him. I don't have a stash of Kit Kats at my flat for him. I don't. Okay. But they absolutely, they keep asking, you know, when are we going for a sleepover with BB? <laughs> they, they, it's like you're their friend. It's so sweet. I know. It's, so, it's such a unique relationship. I don't, it's, it's so weird because I don't even know how to describe it to people. And I guess you don't really know what it's like, but then you had me when you were a teenager, you had me yeah. um, as a little girl. I so I guess that must be sort of a similar, a similar feeling. Yeah, I but feel this is really kind grateful. of multiple kids as well. Like they all adore you. Even 10 already adores you. Um, so do you think that there's any, do, are there any memorable moments where you have been like, okay, this is a little bit too intense for me? Um, every time that I've slept in the bed with them, which I've done more <laughs> recently, um, it's been nice that when Donnie and Margot came over for sleepovers and stuff, um, they're just so big. Just, we don't even fit in a bed altogether. <laughs> and I just have to kind of resign myself to the fact that I'm not going to sleep that night. So I think the the few nights that I've done that in the um, in the last year, it makes me realize like, if this is every night, I just can't imagine how tired I would be. It, I, I, that, was oh what, that was my, my next question. God. So how do you deal as a person? How do you function without sleep? Terribly, terribly. And um, I also, I hate being uncomfortable and they're like, their hands are all over you and you get all sweaty and they're like slapping you in their sleep and then they like get up and they're like, oh, what, what? And then you have to like put them back down again. It's like, fucking just calm down. I'm already enough of a troubled sleeper. Like I just don't need these other little people getting in my business. Okay. Um, so I hate having to brush their teeth too. Oh, brushing their teeth is the most annoying thing. And then I had the harrowing experience of taking them to a hygienist for the first time and realizing how they put this thing on your teeth so you can see plaque Mm -hmm. from, and if it's a certain color, it's from over a week ago. If it's a certain color, it's from this morning. Mm -hmm. So you can see how well you've actually brushed your teeth. And it was so exposing of me as a parent. (laughs) I was not prepared for it. Oh, you, and... Okay, this is a this is way too much information and I'm sorry to discuss people, but I didn't realize that on the electric toothbrush thing, I just have a standard oral B thing. Yeah. There's a certain buzz it does when you've done two minutes. Yeah. I never realized Because it does it it buzzes every 30 seconds, so that's supposed to be for a different yes. corner of your mouth. Right? I, I now get that. I now get that. But now I realize that I would it's only recently I've been really doing the two minutes like properly. I would always just do, and sometimes I forget and I'd actually do like maybe four minutes. I, but what I'm saying is that two minutes is quite a long time to keep clean a kid's Two minutes teeth. is a long time. It's a long time. they don't time. have all the teeth yet because they have the missing teeth. So I think it's fine for me to not brush for a full two minutes. That's just my opinion. Yeah, brushing the teeth is annoying. I like bath time because whenever they stay over at my flat, they sit in the bath. I put, I dangle my feet in the water and they wash them for me. And um, <laughs> we do gossip. Uh, we do gossip time where we all share our embarrassing stories. So, and it's so fun because they know now that that's what we do when it's bath time. So I'll always prepare like an embarrassing story from when I was at school, like when I fell down the Which stairs. Which then they regale for the next And week. then they tell that story then for the next week. But then it's so interesting hearing what their perception of an embarrassing story is mm-hmm. now. And you start to kind of, you're able to see the little inflections in their voices and see what they're probably going to be like when they're adults. Yeah. I, 
genuinely the relationship that I have with them is one of the most sacred, important things that I have in my whole life. I'm so grateful to you that you've given me that, Jesse. I would but, have loved it. Um, I know I'm so, so lucky to to have that. But it's it's made it so much clearer that um I am not ready for that stage of my life yet. Yeah, well we when we went to Legoland um during half term before we got uh the vomiting bug, um, it was clear that okay, this is you know, spending a full day with them. Mm-hmm. And I really, I, when I said to you, can you come to Legoland because Alfie's on tour and I, I need you to come. And I did, and you were like, yeah, that'll be fun. I was inside thinking, it's going to be, it's not, yeah. it's not actually as easy as that. And it's actually going to be quite hard. And traveling there. And then we had that awful fucking fuck up on the way there where we didn't look at the train. Mm. And we ended up on Wembley Park mm-hmm. and had to go back. So before we'd even left to really start our journey to Legoland, the journey to the journey, mm. we had fucked up. And I just remember thinking, okay, this this is quite a lot of on you because they also need to, they want you to enjoy it. I know. And that's really interesting because it's when, you know, when they want you to watch a film with them or they want you to play a game with them, it's, they, they're like dogs. They can sense um, your like underlying emotions. And if you're really not paying attention to them and not listening... They they feel it and totally. um, I think you know it just takes so much active concentration and energy to be with them, um, which I love and I just can't believe that you do that every day with no, but with I don't multiple. I don't do that every day and that's that's the um, dilemma of motherhood. You, I definitely do mothering every day, so I put them to bed and I clean their teeth and I get them to school and I feed them and wash them and whatever. But in terms of that element of parenthood. I've always felt this huge chip on my shoulder about, and that's why you're so this great alleviation when you are with them. Because mm-hmm. so when you're when you have dealt with it daily, like when we lived together, when mm. Margot and Donnie were young, like very young, so two and one, mm-hmm. basically three and two, or whatever. Um, that's a different. It's a different thing, isn't it? It's like really nice to be able to come in and come out. Yeah, in a yeah, much yeah. more intimate way than most aunties and uncles do. Oh, I definitely. Um, I feel like the teachers at school like. They they must think that I'm a bit weird because like whenever I pick them up from school and I'm like, hey dudes, <laughs> let's go get some fucking sweeties. Um, I'm joking. I don't. I don't. I, don't I know. Do you, no, I know you give them fucking sweets, baby. Every Friday they've they've started calling it treat day. Yeah, it's fr- come on, Jesse. You got to give them a Friday treat. <laughs> you got to give them a Friday treat. Friday treats are integral to a good personality. Oh, it's, I I find it so funny that you do that. Anyway, um, what? How do you think you'll handle pregnancy? And are you looking forward to being pregnant? Do you want to be pregnant? Are you open to other ideas of pregnancy? Um, if, I, if surrogacy was easy, would you do it? No, I would always prefer to um, have the pregnancy myself because I think that um, that's a beautiful thing, the ability to get pregnant. And that's like a, a privilege. My friend told me recently that um, her um, boyfriend, uh, who's a very sweet, sensitive guy, was almost in tears as he was talking about how the regret of his life is that he's never going to get to be pregnant. Oh, my God. Isn't that fascinating that a man would express that? Because every guy that I've spoken to, um, they, 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 I don't think that they want to be pregnant. Horatia doesn't want to be pregnant. They would, I mean, they would take that burden away from you because they love you and they want, you know, they, they would do that for you. But uh, the idea of a man actively crying about the idea that he's not going to be able to carry life inside of him. This is a guy that really wants to be a dad. So, um, you know, it makes sense that he would say that. But it was really interesting because yeah. it made me think about it. 
And it made me realize, yeah, it is a, it's a beautiful privilege that you, that we get to do that. That I can't even imagine what it feels like to have a little fella kicking around inside of you right now. Yeah. I I know. It's, it's, I, I'm excited about that. I'm really, really excited about that. Plus I just love the idea that people would treat me special because. They do treat you a little bit special. I think that I is is less special with increasing pregnancies. I found uh, like no one gives a shit this time. Mm. <laughs> well, people aren't going to really give a shit about me because you've been pregnant so many times. No, that's not true. You're probably going to be this like beautiful. No, 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 uh, no, no like no. Beyonce type pregnant. No lady. way. There's no way in hell after you've like you have you do pregnancy very well. There's no way in hell. <laughs> There's no way in hell it's going to go as well for me. I know for a fact my kids are going to be fucking ugly and I'm gonna, pregnancy is going to be awful for me. Okay? I don't know. I don't... So I said this to Alfie the other day and he was horrified that I had even... Like I had kidded myself to believe this. But I genuinely think I have a high pain threshold. Mm-hmm. Do you think... How do you think your pain threshold is? I don't have a high pain threshold, I don't think. I don't have a low one, particularly. I mean, we're women. I think women have to deal with like a much, much more significant level of underlying pain. Um, but I don't think that I've got a particularly high pain threshold. The idea of child, I mean, given how awful my experience was getting the coil put in, <laughs> both of them that fucking dislodged on their own because my body was like, see ya. Um, I hated that. The idea, oh, oh my God, actually just remembering it. That was that was my cervix op- being opened by like maybe half an inch. You have to get a whole fucking person ten out of there. Ten centimeters. Ten centimeters. I mean, sorry. Can you believe that? Ten centimeters. Also, they lie. You know, they lie about how they do the coil. They lie. Oh, no, 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 no. I saw a video on TikTok recently. Um, literally, how I start every uh, <laughs> every anecdote that I have. Um, so they they imply with coil insertion that they use the speculum and that they. Um, like wedge open the cervix and then they put put the 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 arms are down on the IUD and then it springs back into place that's what they imply turns out that's not the truth they actually dig something into your cervix like something sharp goes into your cervix oh my god i once i saw that video i it it really made me feel a bit queasy both of my coil insertions were horrendous I just really wonder how similar we are anatomically because... My vagina is apparently tilted to the left. Really? Yeah. I wonder, I really, I mean, because I I just know, I ha- and, and you know this very well, I've never been able to have a, a tampon inside me. <laughs> <laughs> you, I can't handle a tampon. Mm-hmm. So I... Because it's such a tiny little vagina. It's no, it's nothing to do with how tiny my vagina is. I bet it's not that fucking tiny. But it's just the, I, I just couldn't do it. It, just, like, it was too uncomfortable. Um, and so uh, there's just no way I could have a coil in. I would have felt it the entire time. I just don't know how you did that. You don't, you don't feel it. I mean, it goes up inside of your uterus. You don't feel it. I did feel it once mine became dislodged. Oh my God. Because obviously they asked you to check for the strings. And I never did that because like I'm lazy as fuck. What's, where are the strings? So the strings hang down and they- From where? 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 From the bottom of the IUD. So it's inside of your uterus and then the strings hang down through your cervix. So you should be able to feel them if you put your finger up. Um, right up. Right up. And I'm sorry, I don't, my hands are tiny. Yeah, how are you going to get that far out? fucking tiny. So you have to angle yourself. Like you have to, you have to be in a very strange cave woman position to be able to get a finger up that high. But I never really checked the strings because ew. Um, 
And I had it for a year. And then when I um, decided to get it switched out because it was making me so anemic because my periods were so heavy, it was only then after the doctor told me, oh, by the way, it's sticking out through your cervix, you fucking idiot. Um, oh, it might have been not oh. working properly for the last six months <laughs> that I did decide to feel it. And it was weird. It, you feel this like metal stick no, sticking out no, of you. No, 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 I can't do it. You I see, so it. that's interesting. You've fucking, you've birthed three screaming little babies and you're you're squeaming about this. I know. Squeaming. And also, Screaming. But I've had <laughs> so few periods. I think I've had less than 10 periods in my life. That's not true. That's not true. You've had more than 10 periods. Genuinely, I've had about 10 periods in my entire life, BB. Wow. Isn't that insane? BB, you've had more periods than me. Well, I've got polycystic ovaries too. They told me um, when I went, I had a scan that I had a big old cyst on my, on my little over. They come and go though. They don't stay forever. So I, I think pregnancy in a way... And this is my theory, and and some GPs have agreed with me, um, that pregnancy does kind of alleviate a lot of polycystic symptoms. Really? And I, I mean, I definitely think that it changed my metabolism, having kids, for the better. I think that... Yes, please. Oh my God, I hope that I, I hope that same thing happens to me. I do, because I'm not, you know, I was, I've definitely only lost weight mm -hmm. since I've had kids. Yeah, and you've been a skinny mini ever since you had your first baby. I don't think we can call me a skinny Jessie's mini. Jessie's a skinny mini. You're dysmorphic. You have a fucking I'm crazy not idea dysmorphic. of what you look like. Don't, don't, don't give fire to our, <laughs> to our fan. No, your fans for this podcast are completely different. I don't okay, think that you've cool. got as many on haters our, on, on our other one. podcast, we should just say, mm -hmm. which um, you, know, you might know that we do one. Hopefully you do. Um, we do have some people who believe that I have a weird attitude to food and eating. <laughs> Which, yeah. To just, be fair to it's, them, it's true, it is true. we're actresses. Yeah, well, come, come on, on, give us a fucking break. We're, we're children of Heat magazine. Just give <laughs> us a fucking break. Britney Spears was my child icon, okay? Okay. See her tummy. A bear midriff. Mm. Um, what was I even saying? Anyway, yeah, no, so I think it did genuinely change my metabolism. And I somebody commented on my Instagram the other day, um, can you talk to us about postpartum exercise and how to get your figure back? And I'm like, well, genuinely, I don't, I didn't do anything. <laughs> I, I just think that it, it's, my body just has sped up slightly since having kids. Mm -hmm. And you burn so many calories breastfeeding, right? Uh, well, I don't know if that's bullshit. I remember reading in Heat Magazine, this is way before I had kids, that you burn 500, Posh Spice thought that you burn 500 calories a day breastfeeding. Um, so that's why she breastfed. No, 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 no. Breast pumped. So bre apparently Posh Spice only pumped. Posh Spice pumped. That doesn't surprise me. No. So, yeah, I, I do think you burn a lot of calories. Um, but I think, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I just think it really does cure a lot of polycystic symptoms. Well, also, you're, you must be so fragile down there after. I mean, you can't really be doing a lot of strenuous exercise. You can't exactly go to a spin class, can you? No. And that's why it's quite good having a trampoline in the living room, which is just, we only bought as a lockdown purchase, but it stayed... And now I can't imagine life without a trampoline in the living room. Did you have a strong pelvic floor before you had kids? So I, it was only this time with 10. So I didn't really do pelvic floor exercises before kids, definitely. Um, occasionally, maybe I would. I remember when I went to LA, a fucking traumatizing experience, but I went to a gym there. And they, I did a, a trial Pilates class and they tried to make me feel my, like they, it was the first time I'd ever done pelvic floor exercises and it was so hard and I don't think I did them right. 
And so from then on, I did. I had a conscience about pelvic floor exercises. But then with Donny, I had like because I've always been, you know, relatively fit. Um, ex-athlete you know tennis tennis player Charles uh, you know uh, anyway so I did try to do a little bit and I know that if I hadn't have done at least uh, hadn't had an idea about exercise um, I do maintain that that's why I didn't have to have a cesarean with Donny, and that's because I had an an idea of my stomach muscles so when you have an epidural you can't feel anything and so a lot of women who have first time kit their first babies and they have epidural you have to be on your back, which is a really unnatural position to to give birth in, which I didn't realize. I would have known if I, you know, I like. I know how crazy that, that that we think that that's the way that you give birth because that's how it's shown on TV. And then you speak to our mom and our mom is like, absolutely not on all fours. Mm-hmm. But I was too embarrassed to, you know, to. Anyway, I was also, I had an apple drawer. You have to lie on your back. And you can't feel when, how to push. You can't feel anything. And so that's why a load of first-time mums have to have cesareans because they just can't feel the pushing. Mm. But because I had done a little bit of, you know, my pelvic floor stuff and my stomach muscles were intact and everything, I think I was able to mimic, I was able to kind of think about the idea of doing a sit-up or, or pushing. And that's how, but it was hit and miss. If Donnie had been a cesarean, I don't think I'd be having another child now, basically. Wow. But anyway, um, with 10, I didn't really do very many. I only did them at bedtime. And because he came out so fast and excruciatingly fast and painful and I had to push way too quickly because of the, it was just so unnatural, the whole experience. I think I, I, I did something to my pelvic floor and I was cocky and I got on a tramp, the trampoline in the sitting room a few weeks after giving birth to 10 and I wet myself. So I remember going on the trampoline every few weeks and seeing if I was wetting myself a bit less <laughs> and now I'm back to normal just in time to ruin it again. Wow. You really don't make it sound super glamorous. So have I put you off? <laughs> you haven't put me off. It's, 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 I, I think it's just um, having, having a, a sister who's a mother for such a, a big portion of my life. I think it was easy when I was younger to think, oh, it's going to be, oh, I'll do the exact same thing. And it's just interesting to know as I've got older, I've been much more realistic about what it actually takes, what I want um, my life to be looking like or at least a little bit looking like when I'm in that position. And um, it's really, really exciting. But my experience of motherhood is going to be different from yours, isn't it? Exactly. And it should be different. And I think that's the other thing about, I was thinking, so our mum kept all of our baby clothes. Mm -hmm. And I largely haven't bought anything for the kids. Very few little, you know, Instagram stuff. Um, Yeah, but they look so cool because they're all in like retro 80s and 90s baby gear. But our brother our older brother who's had his first baby, he hasn't really adopted much of the uh, the 80s R clothes because he wanted to do it his way. Mm-hmm. And I think also because his it's different, I think. I have so wanted and been keen to replicate everything our mum did. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, co-sleeping, the continuum contact, all of that stuff. And then that's just been natural. It hasn't been me intentionally thinking I'm going to copy her. Mm-hmm. But it's just It's just happened. And so it would be natural if you do things differently. And that's exciting too. But it would be it would be so interesting to see how you deal with it and cope. Yeah, well, I mean, I think it's um it's already interesting to note like what um what what things we would do and wouldn't do, things that I've done that you wouldn't consider doing. Yeah, like imagine if you firmerize your kids. What's that? That's when you this is what I talked about in the last one, when you leave your baby to cry. 
Oh, that, 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 that. I don't think I could imagine doing that. Well, I mean, I'm happy to talk about this um, because I don't think it's something that I should be ashamed of. But I had... <laughs> oh, no, I'm really worried about what you're going to say. Well, I mean, I had an abortion. Oh, yeah. And you... Um, yeah. You, I don't believe in them. No, you don't believe in them. That's a joke. That's a joke. Of course, I believe in abortions. Um, yeah, I got pregnant a year ago, and um, my baby would have been the same, um, age. same age as yours is now. Amazing, that isn't it? And That's you, you, I so I, wanted you to have it, and right? I first told you, you were like, "You have to have it." It's like crazy. I was twenty three. I mean, come on. I know, but I would just—it would have been so fun to be pregnant together. We could have been like. We could have done so many cool bump selfies together, you know. <laughs> I know, but it was just really interesting when I told you. And it, I mean, that whole experience was fascinating because I think that was that was the point that I really realized yes. what my attitudes that, were. If, if anything's going to do it. Yeah, if anything's going to do it. <laughs> I, always, I always, up until that day, thought, if I ever got pregnant, I'm pretty sure I'd want to keep it. The second I saw the result on the test, I instantly knew I'm not keeping this. And it was just so interesting. I was surprised by my own conviction. I even had to have a scan because I had really bad pains in my stomach. Um, and when they showed me the, the, the scan, I didn't feel emotional. I didn't feel yeah. regret. You'd, because I didn't you'd feel already made guilt. it. You'd made the decision. It was fascinating. And I guess you, I mean, it's a, ho- it's a horrible thing to have to experience in a way. Um, I'm really lucky that I don't feel um, traumatized by that experience at all. But um, I know that's not the case for everyone. But it was, in a way, something I am grateful for is the sense that I feel like I know myself a lot yeah. better as a person because it was amazing how strong my conviction was in that moment. And it was, it was like a relief. It was, it was like, okay, cool. I, I, I know what I want. Yes. I, know, I know what I need. And that's what I said about the switch thing. Mm-hmm. Because in the same way you had that switch, mm-hmm. you had made the decision for yourself in that moment. And the same thing the second I saw the test result for Donnie. There was no chance in my mind that it wasn't going to happen. Like, yeah, and I guess it just it um, it's 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 been very clear to me that my experience of motherhood is going to be what it is when it's the time to have it. And rather than romanticizing it or like thinking about it too much, like I probably would have done had that experience not happened, I now can just rest assured, like it will happen when it's meant to happen, and I will be ready when I'm meant to be ready for it. And I completely... Think but you were so you're... upset. You really, really wanted me to I wasn't so upset. I think it would have been really fun. I just, it would have been interesting to see how weak you were with morning sickness and stuff like that, you know? I only felt nauseous for a couple of days. Still, it's quite a big deal to be nauseous that early. It shows that that was... I mean, yeah, you probably would have been quite nauseous. Mm-hmm. It really takes you by surprise how... I mean, each pregnancy is so different as well. Like it would have been, it would have been so interesting. Um, we're just so lucky to live in a country um, and in a society that allows women to have the freedom to make that choice. I and I think it is um, just a travesty that uh, women um, in different places in the world don't have access to that kind of healthcare. I just I think it's, it's one of the most important human rights that you have to have the, the choice to be a mother is one of the most important choices that you can make. And if it's not a choice, I can't imagine the kind of, the the confliction that you would feel as a person because you have to love your baby when it comes out. But imagine if you don't want the baby. I, I know. just, I can't imagine. I, I, yeah, I just, that's, um, I find it really upsetting to think about um, women who haven't been able to make that choice. And also it's, if if you can see that, I just hope that those those children are okay. Yeah. Like those poor children. I like know. it's fucking oh that's 
Anyway. But also it's that, you know, you don't want to sound callous by saying, oh, I had an abortion because there are some women that desperately want to be able to get pregnant and can't. Yes. But I guess it just goes to show that you really are only in control of of the things that you're in control of. Yeah. And um, I know that was the right decision for me. So. Yeah. And also I think you're, you, we live in such a weird time right now. Like you can't bargain on ever. You can't bargain on anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and that you, some people are, I was really scared about admitting that I was pregnant for the fourth time because I worried that people would think that, oh, what, what's she doing? Like there's people who can't have children. Like why is she just now showing off about having another baby or like, is she really religious or is she, mm-hmm. you know, doesn't believe in contraception or does she, you know, why is she doing it? And is that environmentally friendly? You know, that all the nappies they're going to use, all the wet wipes they're going to use. And I felt really defensive about admitting it. Um, but it is, I don't know, you just can't bargain on anything. Exactly. And I think also losing our, our brother and that experience has made these kinds of decisions and talks and even if they're theoretical you know it's everything's been put into perspective yeah. and there's a context for everything and um I'm so excited about the idea of having a family and being able to tell my children about Ben yeah. and um include him in my life um when it comes to that point yeah. but I also know given how precious life is given how short life is that I need to really try and appreciate this period of time before I'm a mother because you know, if I know anything from you and from our mum, it's that the second that you have the baby, that's the priority. Yeah, and I think I, I, need to, I, I need to still be my own priority for a little bit. Because, you need to know who you are. Yeah. yeah. And it's not that you don't know who you are, but your this period of time right now for you should be selfish and it should be about you. Yeah. Um, and I definitely have had moments of extreme jealousy um, for your lifestyle and your decisions that you're getting to make. And realizing oh that that part of my identity has as is now completely changed forever because I'm I was a mother at this age mm-hmm. and it wasn't a decision I necessarily made at that age I mean I I definitely think I would have definitely wanted to have children if I hadn't got pregnant accidentally um but I my friend is is due next week and I I've like I I, I said something which just seems so cliche but I texted her and was like you know, just really enjoy this time. Enjoy this time right now before the baby comes because you're so in a rush when you're pregnant to have the baby and for it to be here and to be using the things that you bought for the baby and to be breastfeeding and to be doing like, you know, taking the baby in the car seat home and all of those milestones you're excited for. But you're going through your own milestones right now as this as as a 24-year-old woman and you should appreciate them. Yeah. And I definitely, I I definitely am looking forward to a time, even though this probably sounds quite callous, when I can think about me again. Because it's definitely something that's like, I don't know who I am anymore without being a mother. Mm-hmm. And that's, a, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. And that's that's what I felt about this book, which has prompted this conversation. Like I felt that she resented the lost version of her. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I'm happy to say goodbye to that version. She was a bit of a, you know, a, like a weird doodler anyway but there's enjoy each version of yourself as as they are definitely yeah i i'm really excited to meet the mother version of myself yeah. but you know she's not here yet she's not so here she's not ready she's she's coming to the party <laughs> later okay <laughs> this 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 version of me still needs to get drunk a lot first <laughs> <laughs> oh my god do you know what i think i think once i've had this baby and like it's a bit older and stuff and i'm not like in the newborn phase 
I think I'm going to get into alcohol. Oh, you should do it, babe. You I think I'm going to finally become a drinker. Mm. I think it's going to be really good for you. Sangrias? I've never had a sangria, but I think oh, I'm going to have a sangria. Oh my God, I had a sangria for the first time in Spain last summer. Oh, I remember you went on about it for fucking ages. It was really annoying. <laughs> You're a bitch. You're an actual bitch. I think it was the resentment though. It was the resentment that you were able to go on holiday yeah, and but, have a drink called a sangria. Yeah, but I'm sorry, when you were 23 or 24, you could also have done that. Yes, but I was too neurotic and weird with a sketchbook. <laughs> I guess it's just yeah you um you you um I'm jealous of you too in yeah, every in every fucking way I'm jealous of everybody I'm jealous of every living person on the world yeah exactly um, so that's the message from today yeah do you know what stay positive kids stay, stay jealous positive. stay, stay jealous. jealous it keeps you young and look forward to the future versions of yourself because they're going to be cool I can't people. wait to meet future BB I mean future BB is going to be great she's going to be getting shit done yeah and can't, i can't wait to meet future alcoholic jesse yeah me too <laughs> she's gonna be a riot happy it's, hour it's weird to think that um if i unless i have a child at the same time as you and i i to be honest i don't think i will i reckon you in, never in, know i might might align on my eighth or something <laughs> in in you know in my head i imagine maybe having kids when i'm around 28 or 29 maybe um but that means that Donnie's going to be at least 10 or 11 or 12 years older than any kids that I have, which is weird because that's the same age gap or bigger age yeah. gap than you and me. Yeah. So weird. So um, weird. I just still see you guys as siblings, though. It's weird. Mm. And maybe it's because of the crossover with Ben <clears throat> and the fact that we're from a big family. I see you guys. I look at you still as my baby sister. Mm -hmm. And so... You're even though you're 24, I still think of you as a teenager and treat you like a teenager a lot of the time. And so when I see you guys together, you, well, you, Margot and Donnie anyway, it is just like seeing siblings. Yeah. <laughs> it's so weird. Yeah, it's weird. It's it so weird. lovely. It's but so weird to think, because I was 17 when Donnie was born. It's so weird to think that when I'm your age, when I'm 34, Donnie will be 17. Mm. How bizarre. You can take him out and introduce you to some hot older women. Exactly. Oh my God, maybe I'll be going through like my MILF stage <laughs> and Donnie can uh, introduce him to all the 17 year old I am friends. not a MILF, Bibi. What are you saying about 34 year old women? You're a MILF. I'm not a MILF. I'm a young girl. <laughs> <laughs> you are a young girl. I'm a Jessie. young little girl. You're a sexy little girl. Yes, I'm pregnant, but I'm a Do you realize how <laughs> crazy and mental and ill it is? And how ill we are. You're you're about to have a child and I'm you're a calling yourself girl, a sexy baby. little girl. I'm a young woman. You are a young woman. I'm an ingenue. Yeah, ingenue. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you very much for joining me, Bibi. You're on, welcome, um, Jesse. Thank this you. podcast. I'm very, thank you for being so wonderfully open. No, no, no. It's my pleasure. And um, let's, let's, let's say cheers to our <laughs> future. <laughs> future selves. Cheers! Cheers. <laughs>